helicopter. The state funeral for Don Getty is being held there this morning. Good morning, well, and welcome to our special coverage of the funeral for Don Getty. We're broadcasting the service across the province on Global and on Chorus Radio. Alberta's 11th Premier passed away last week. Getty had been sick for several years, battling a variety of illnesses. He's being laid to rest in a state funeral at All Saints Anglican Cathedral. As a member of the Progressive Conservatives, Don Getty served as Alberta's 11th Premier from 1985 to 1992. And just a short time ago, a special ceremony was held for his family over at the uh, legislature. Outside the front steps, they were met by Robert Warner. He's the Speaker of the Legislative Assembly. Flags were flying at half-mast at the legislature over the past week. And in a special tribute to the former Premier, he gave the Getty family a gift box. And inside was one of the flags. Now this gesture was made on behalf of all former and current members of the Legislative Assembly and it's in sympathy and to, to thank the Getty family for the former Premier's years of public service. Well, joining us now with our coverage today is veteran Edmonton Journal political col columnist Graham Thompson. So nice to have you here. Well, yeah, thank thanks you for, for being me. with us. And I guess you, you've seen your fair share of premiers. How do you think that uh, Don Getty will be remembered? Well, the thing is, after he left politics, of course, he's basically blamed for a lot of the, the spending in the, in the uh, early 90s, late 80s. Um, and running up a deficit, and I think what's going to happen, though, I imagine that history will be a lot kinder to him now as he look back and realize the problems he had. Uh, the price of oil went over a cliff when he became yep. premier. He, he tried to cut spending. But he, I've talked to him over the years, and he said that he didn't want to slash spending too much. He wanted this to, and he did cut spending significantly, just was never enough. I think what's actually happening now as we look back at his legacy, it's not just looking at the deficit, it's looking at things that he did on the national stage on free trade, for example. He's a big promoter of free trade uh, with the United States. Um, he was a big proponent of First Nations as well. Uh, he, a major uh, influence on the Métis settlements in the province, getting a form of self-government. Uh, the McEwen College, now the university yeah, downtown, right. I talked to him, he was very, very proud of that. He said people tend to forget what the government did in the 80s and 90s when times were tough. They were investing in things like downtown, get rid of the old CN lines, yeah. rip them up, get a college going there. It's now McEwen University. Um, he also, as Minister of Energy, was instrumental in helping the oil sands get going, even though it began in the 60s and the 70s, both Lougheed and Getty, he was Minister of Energy at the time, got the oil sands going uh, big time. You knew, you knew him personally, uh, you know, not just uh, reporting and as a journalist, but personally, what, what was he like as a, as a man? It's interesting, you know, as a reporter, I didn't really know him as a person, I knew him as a politician under tough times, but then in the, after he left politics, he began to phone me, and we'd have these long conversations about politics. He was always a very gentle, a gentleman in every sense of the word. Uh, even when times were really tough in the media, and I was one of them was really tough on him, he never lashed out. He was never angry, never a bitter. Gentleman. A, a real gentleman. Yeah. He was a very kind soul, and I think that um, he, uh, I think he did a lot for Alberta that he hasn't been given credit for. We can see here the, the service is starting here now. Uh, this is a, a shot here inside All Saints Anglican Cathedral right now uh, for the state funeral for, uh, for Don Getty. It's just getting underway now. Yeah, we're broadcasting live across the province right now on Global Edmonton, Global Calgary, and Global Lethbridge. Uh, we're also live streaming this service online, and you also find uh, comprehensive coverage there and exclusive features. 
we do know the funeral was on a, a first-come, first-served basis, but uh, there was limited public seating. Hundreds of people in attendance right now. And uh, there'll be people, Graham, of, of all political stripes here paying their respects. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. You're going to find, uh, of course, when, they, when he was Premier of the NDP under Ray Martin was the official opposition, yeah. a lot of people now are looking back at his time in office saying, you know, uh, he was actually not just doing the best he could, he was actually doing a really good job at the time. And a lot of people now who were his maybe political opponents back then are, are saying, are, yeah, critics back then are saying, yeah. no, in fact, we were very lucky to have him at the time that we had him. Uh, and I think that you'll see some of the faces there. Um, of course, MLA's past and present. Uh, some of the honorary pallbearers, of course, are people from not only his um, political past, right. it's also mm -hmm. his football. He was, yeah. of course, he's a, a star in the football field. Well, Ten a, years as an advertiser. Cup champ, yeah. Absolutely, Two with the Eskimos. Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, go now to the service here that you're looking at here at the All Saints Anglican Cathedral, the funeral for Don Getty. You ready? 
Good morning and welcome to our service today. I invite you all to please be seated. As we gather here today to remember a life extraordinarily well lived, we start by some words of remembrance and tribute and I welcome Premier of Alberta, the Honourable Rachel Notley. Today, we honour the life of an extraordinary Albertan, former Premier Don Getty. Don Getty lived a remarkable life. He was a sports hero, a successful businessman, but he chose to leave those behind to dedicate himself to public service. Don Getty spent nearly 20 years in the legislature. He loved Alberta. Through two decades, he helped shape our province's future. A life of public service is a hard one. It's all-encompassing, it's long hours, late nights, and a lot of time away from your family. It's a life that I know well. My father, Grant Notley, served as an MLA at the same time as Don Getty. So I know what it's like to grow up with a father in the legislature. Margaret, Dale, David, Darren, Derek, you shared Don with Alberta, and for that we thank you. Don Getty put his heart and soul into service. But throughout his time in the legislature, he remained a devoted family man. Friends I have who attended Harry Ainley with Don's kids describe a dad who regularly showed up to watch his kids play football. And along with Margaret, didn't seem to blink an eye when a, a dozen or perhaps many more friends would show up at the house after the game. The Getty's connection to my own family dates back to the days when my father and Don served together. Although they were on opposite sides of the aisle, there was a mutual respect and understanding there. And when my father passed away, Don and Margaret reached out to us. The compassion they shared with my family in that difficult time has stayed with me. They knew that family and kindness should always transcend politics. And it's, it's an example that I try to live up to every day. Since his passing, I've spoken to many Albertans who remember Don Getty fondly and who spoke to me of his kindness, his integrity, and his commitment to our province. Much has been said of the fact that he assumed power at a time when the price of oil dropped dramatically and the province's economy was struggling as a result. But it's important to also remember the progress he made on key developments that helped Albertans significantly at the time and continue to do so today. A few blocks from here is the Grant McEwen campus, an important public institution which owes much of its success to Don Getty's support. Alberta is a national leader on recognition of Métis rights because Don Getty, did, sorry, Don Getty was well ahead of his time in his government's recognition of the need for Métis land base. The leadership role Alberta plays now at the national stage can be traced back directly to Premier Lougheed and his Minister of Energy, Don Getty. And once Premier, Don Getty continued this, this record through his work on provincial rights when it comes to international trade as well as his uh, excellent participation in constitutional talks. In short, 
our province has lost an incredible champion, a strong and compassionate leader, and a proud family man. And I hope that all Albertans will continue to make the very best of that family day next year and every year to honour former Premier Getty and his family. On behalf of all Albertans, I extend my great sympathy and my great respect to Margaret and to the Getty family and to Don Getty's many friends across our nation. Thank you. Invite Darren and Derek to come up for the family tribute. Thank you for coming today. It's tough losing a father. It's tougher losing a friend. My brother Derek and I would like to uh, spend a, a few minutes today sharing some memories uh, of dad. We actually affectionately refer to him as grandpa, so if we interchange between dad and grandpa, don't, that's... Um, some, of the, some of the memories we'd like to share are um, have some humor. Uh, we find that it helps in times like this, it has helped our family when we remember dad and so we hope that it does for you what it has done for us. So I'll turn it over to my brother. I was thinking uh, as we came over uh, with a police escort that we went through more red lights than the last time I drove with my brother Darren. <laughs> Um, you've heard much about, about Family Day and how my dad uh, created it and uh, how he was a, a great family man, <clears throat> which he was. And there was one time uh, as a family we had gone to Klondike Days, uh, which we called the X back in those days. And uh, we were walking along the midway and we came across the, uh, the football, throw the football through the, uh, the tire game. And so my dad stepped up and he thought he'd give it a try. And the guy said to him, well now you can't reach over the, the ledge. He said, okay. So he started throwing footballs through the tire and gave me a, a bear and my brother's bears and as kids were walking by, he'd give them bears too. <laughs> And 
And at 45 in a row, the guy looked at him and said, all right, sir, move along. <laughs> um, we did a lot of hunting together. And uh, over the years, I mean, when you go duck hunting, it's, it's sometimes difficult to get permission. And, and uh, when Darren and I were young, when we were really small, my dad would take us up to the door and put his arms around us so that, you know, we, um, we, we looked like we could really use the permission. <laughs> and Darren and I would look up and, and blink, blink Darren. Yeah. And, uh, but when my dad became premier, um, it became a little easier. <laughs> uh, you know, being the premier in rural Alberta back in the late 80s, it was a pretty good chance you were going to get permission uh, to go duck hunting. But inevitably, we'd walk up <clears throat> to a door, and we'd be, you know, in some small town or near some small town, a little little old farm, and uh, we'd walk up to the door, and, uh, and an elderly farmer would come to the door or his wife, and they'd look at him and go. You're that Eskimo quarterback. <laughs> so, so that worked. That worked as well. Um, our father always made time for uh, anybody, but particularly when we were young. Dad would come home from work, and I think the last thing that he would want to do is probably go over to a park and throw football passes to the neighborhood kids. But inevitably, that's exactly what ended up happening. We lived in, a, in Metal Arc in a little cul-de-sac, and the, our neighbors would be lined up, and Dad would pull into the driveway, and he'd go inside, and he'd put on a a different shirt, take his tie off, and off we'd go to the park and he would start throwing footballs. And he would throw for, well, he would throw until he started to get tired and we knew when he started to get tired because he had this one pass, he called it the bullet pass. And what he would do is he'd have us stand about 15 yards away from him with our back to him and he would say, now when I throw this, I'm going to say now and I want you to turn and catch it. And when he started to get tired, what he started to do was we had footballs going off shoulders and legs and, and all over. But that was pretty much how we knew Dad had had enough. Because we had had enough. <laughs> so. My dad was a family man. And he was a family man with conviction. I remember my mom telling me a story when my brother Dale was born and Payday with the Eskimos was coming later that week and they didn't have any baby food. So my dad took his lucky silver coin that his dad had given to him and he went down to the corner grocery store, a little spot, and he gave it to the owner and he got used it as collateral to get the baby food and he looked the guy in the eye and he said, I'm going to be back here in two days and you better have that coin. 
I always like that story. He also, my brother Dale likes to talk about, again as a family man and, and spending time with the family. My brother Dale at 19 years old made the Canadian Olympic basketball team. And Dale said, you know, I never could beat dad in one-on-one -on, -one on our driveway on fairway drive. Well, you don't call fouls on the driveway. And that's why he never beat dad. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, things to be proud of uh, with my dad. Obviously, um, being the premier and uh, star football player. <clears throat> and the list goes on, but um, For me, um, it was more than that. Uh, when we, when I was small, we'd go to the store, you know, you, you know, hop in the car, we, we gotta go get some bread or, you know, some Christmas lights or something. <clears throat> and, uh, Inevitably, we'd go up to the counter and the clerk would, uh, would recognize who he was or see his name on the credit card. <clears throat> and they were, oh, you're Don Yeti. And <clears throat> he was so nice to them. And uh, that's what made me so proud. <clears throat> so I can't think of a better uh, example for a, for a son than the way he treated people. My dad had a good sense of humor. I was reminded of this in a story that I heard the other day when he was in Ottawa with Premier Lougheed and they were in uh, negotiations and it was in a glass uh, building with you know, a lot of windows and stuff and the, and the security had told uh, everybody that if you were going to leave the building you needed to make sure you took your credentials with you. With you. And Premier Lougheed got up during a break and he exited the building, but he didn't take his credentials. So security, when he tried to get back in, security stopped him at the door and said, you know, you can't come back in. And he looked, pointed at my dad, who was on the other side of the glass, still in the, in the, meet, in the, in the meeting room, and he said, well, well, if that guy, if you just go to that guy, tap him on the shoulder, tell him who I am, he'll vouch for me. 
and security, the security guard went in, left Premier Lougheed outside, went in and tapped my dad on the shoulder and said, do you know this gentleman? And my dad looked and said, I've never seen that guy before in my life. <laughs> My dad loved my mom. I found out last night from my Aunt Junie that my mom actually had her eye on my dad when she was 14 years old. I don't know, I'm getting a look there whether that's true or not. I don't know. But I won't go into any of the back of the bus stuff. We won't talk about that. I want to conclude with just a couple, a couple more thoughts. Um, our father was always there for us. And it didn't matter in what way or what we were doing. If you were playing on the basketball court and you looked up, he was there, my mom was there. If you were playing on the rink, you looked up, he was there, my mom was there. The only thing he did is he drew the line at the six o'clock in the morning hockey practices for driving. That was strictly mum's deal. So, he wasn't gonna do that. As we've said before, he was a family man. We did a lot of things together as a family. Derek alluded to it earlier, going to the X going to Jasper Park Lodge and golfing, going to the Okanagan, driving, piling into a car and driving to Saskatoon to watch a horse run. Sunday dinners, that was a non-negotiable deal with my dad. Life lessons, my dad expected us to be tough, but fair to do our best in all things. Finish what you start and have no regrets. He used to have a saying, you just have to be better, do better. And I want everybody here to know today that in the last few years of my father's life, when he wasn't well, he handled every day with dignity and honor. He never complained, ever. Right till the bitter end, As Derek said earlier, he was a, a great example for us all. Thank you.
now invite Wyatt and Samantha to come up and lead the grandchildren in the time of remembering. past few days, my sister, cousins, and I have been sharing memories of our grandfather. We are the lucky few that know him as grandpa. He always made sure we felt really special. He expressed his love for us every time we saw him. From calling us on our birthdays and singing us happy birthday in unison with grandma, to rescuing us from bike adventures gone wrong. He was so sincere when he spoke, anything he'd say seemed just a little bit more important and meaningful coming from him. As grandchildren, we probably have quite a different view of a man most of you know as a political leader and an athlete. Some of you may not know Our grandpa was quite a romantic. Our grandpa was quite a romantic. Yeah. We loved hearing grandpa's funny stories of wooing our grandma and how everything she did was absolutely wonderful. He would say, Margie, this gravy is just beautiful. What did you do different? <laughs> and she would respond with, Don, I make it the same way every time, and you say the same thing every time. <laughs> I know, but I just love it. It's absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Grandpa had a way of making even gravy sound like the best thing in the world. We've always been in awe of the love Grandma and Grandpa shared. Every Christmas, we loved watching Grandma unwrap her presents from Grandpa. She would always say that she didn't need anything, but that didn't stop him from getting her something absolutely beautiful each year. Or setting up the Christmas village decorations, and Grandpa would sit and watch from his chair and say, wow, look at what my two gorgeous girls did. Something we particularly remember was Grandpa carrying us around in his arms, showing us different decorations and trinkets in the house pointing to things and saying, what's that? What's that? It's the little things like that that stand out. Just like spending mornings with Grandpa, reading the newspaper, singing Johnny Cash duets, and gardening in Stettler. But one of our favorite memories as granddaughters was putting on fashion shows for Grandpa after Grandma had taken us shopping. But Wyatt probably doesn't quite share that same memory. <laughs> No, I don't really remember putting on fashion shows. Um, 
But being the only grandson in a sea of granddaughters, Grandpa and I had our own special memories. Uh, he taught me how to hold a football properly and how to throw a perfect spiral, which I never did quite master because he would just end up having me run the routes while he showed off a little. <laughs> or as he would say, leading by example. Uh, a favorite tradition of mine was hanging around the carving of the turkey on the holidays, uh, waiting, hoping to be given a small taste as he taught me how to carve a turkey properly, or the Getty way. Uh, whenever we discussed football, it was never about stats or highlights. It was always about the team, the chemistry between the players, and how to be a great leader. One of the most resonating lessons was to always stay calm under pressure. He would tell me, if you're calm in difficult situations, people will feel and respect that and look to you for leadership. Uh, in one quote of the newspaper articles I read this past week, I saw, I saw a quote by uh, Mr. Parker from the 56th Grey Cup. It read, he called the plays, make no mistake about that, and he called them well. Don kept as cool as a julep when a lot of young ball players might have tensed up. I really love that quote. It says to me that he was doing these things a long time before he started imparting them on to my sisters, my cousins, and me. Every chance he got, he would tell us how proud we made him. It didn't matter what we did. It could have been school, sports, anything. But most importantly, he always made sure we knew he meant it. We can't even begin to express how truly grateful we feel to have him as our grandpa. We wish that anyone that loses a loved one would be able to feel the amount of support we received over the last week. He and my grandma left us such an amazing legacy, and we are so lucky to have him forever commemorated by Family Day and Don Getty Wildland Provincial Park. We're all so proud to be your grandchildren. We love you and miss you. Love Wyatt, Allie, Jaxie, Shannon, Dana, Tana, and Sammy. Thank you.
invite Patrick to come and give us the eulogy, please. Just um, to go to Darren's words about Don and uh, his horses and betting on horses, if I recall Don's ability and knowledge of horses, I think some of those horses are probably still out there trying to win the race. <laughs> he didn't have many winners, as I recall. Uh, Donald Ross Getty served as Alberta's 11th Premier from November 1985 to December 1992. He served as a member of the Alberta Legislature from 1967 to 1979, and again from 1985 to 1993. He was Alberta's first Minister of Federal and Intergovernmental Affairs from 1971 to 1975, and Energy Minister from 1975 to 1979. Before he entered politics, Don was already well known to Edmontonians as the quarterback who led the Edmonton Eskimos to two Grey Cup victories in 1955 and 1956. He is remembered for his football career on the Edmonton Eskimos Wall of Honour. Don was made an officer of the Order of Canada in 1998 and a member of the Alberta Order of Excellence in 1999. In 2013, he received the honorary degree of Doctor of Laws from the University of Alberta. But what do these things tell us about Don? What was the measure of the man? The late Martin Luther King said that the measure of a man is not where he stands in moment of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. In his political life, Don faced many challenges and not a few controversies. And it is in how he dealt with those that we get the measure of him. In his farewell speech as leader of the PC party in December 1992, Don said that to build, you must be bold. You must take on the challenges and the risks. Building is not for the timid or for those seeking to always be safe. Don was tough, determined, yet a reasoned negotiator. Much has been said about the difficult Alberta economic situation in the 1980s and the 1990s. And Don played a pivotal role in holding things together in our province during that time. But there was also much going on in the intergovernmental arena during Don's tenure as Premier, with constitutional negotiations and free trade negotiations high on the intergovernmental agenda. Those who worked with Don during these negotiations say that while he was a fierce champion for Alberta's interests, he cared deeply about the country. And this showed itself in the thoughtful positions he took and the way he reached out to other premiers and the prime minister, not only to explain Alberta's position, but also to better understand their positions. Despite their political differences, Don formed good working relationships with his counterparts in the other provinces. Perhaps the most interesting relationship that he formed was with Premier Bourassa of Quebec. As chair of the annual Premier's Conference in 1996, Don essentially brought Premier Bourassa back into the intergovernmental fold, 
after relationships between Quebec and the rest of Canada deteriorated following the proclamation of the Constitution Act of 1982. During the numerous First Minister's discussions which ensued over the next six years, including those on the Meech Lake and Charlottetown Accords, Premier Getty played a pivotal role finding common ground among provincial premiers while always keeping Alberta's interests at the forefront. This was also the time when the Triple E Senate concept took root and Alberta played the key role in bringing this to the forefront. Don put Senate reform on the national agenda and patiently but persistently promoted the idea of a Triple E Senate. Under his leadership, the Alberta government passed the Senatorial Election Act in 1989 and held the first historic first election, Senate election in this country. In addition to the constitutional talks, discussions on the free trade agreement with the U.S. were also taking place during this time. Don successfully pressed the Prime Minister to involve the provinces in the negotiations, as it was clear that the U.S. would be demanding provincial implementation of some important aspects of the free trade agreement. And behind the scenes, an agreement was reached on the principle of full provincial participation in those negotiations. The public officials who worked with Don when he was Minister and later as Premier said that he was a real pleasure to brief. Highly intelligent, he listened, asked questions of officials and then made up his own mind and took it from there. He had an impressive ability to understand the shaded nuances of intergovernmental dialogue while keeping an unwavering eye on Alberta's objectives. It is easy to forget that in those times our national unity was in much greater jeopardy and his mission was always to keep Canada together. In his portfolio as Minister in the government of Peter Lougheed and then as Premier, Don Getty made sure that Alberta was a far greater factor than we had been before. We were no longer on the margins of Canada. He kept his cool. One of Don's favorite poems was If by Rudyard Kipling. And the words from that poem, if you can keep your head when all those about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, guided his actions throughout his life. He was not confrontational, and his style was not one of pounding on the table and being dramatic. Rather, he earned the trust and respect of his colleagues and with his authenticity and constructive approach. He was a patient man, always calm, and was not one to panic. He never showed anger or frustration and kept a positive perspective on life. He was a natural leader and consensus builder. Don's skills as a quarterback and leader on the football field also served him well in public life. He was not a meek man and when the occasion warranted, he could be tough and competitive. He was a team player one of his skills was the way in which he interacted with his caucus and the respect he showed to its members. He often said that without the support of his caucus, he would not be premier, and that his caucus had a good understanding of what the people of Alberta wanted. One of those caucus members recently noted that the caucus was run like a boardroom, where everything went through caucus and everyone had their say. 
and despite all the problems that sometimes faced him, he was a very easy guy to talk to. He had a respect for his office and a true respect for the parliamentary system. He had a respect for his political opponents across the floor of the legislature, and Don handled politics in an honorable way. He was an honorable man. He had a strong sense of justice. He was determined to right things that were wrong. Witness his commitment to finding, finding a redefined and better place for the indigenous people of Canada. He worked tirelessly to settle the land claims of the Lubicon Cree and met several times with Chief Bernard Ominiak and promised a 200 square kilometer reserve for the band. At the time, Chief Ominiak praised Don for great courage in taking the bull by the horns. More recently, Chief Ominiak said, I had great respect for him. I could sense the decency in the man. In 1990, the Alberta legislature passed the Métis Settlement Act, setting aside 500,000 acres of land for Métis settlements and 310 million for the Métis people. Alberta is the only government to recognize self-government of Métis people in such a way. In 1990, Dom was named Honorary Cree Chief of the Whitefish Lake Band in recognition of his role in setting the First Nations land claim settlement. He was awarded the Order of the Sash by the Métis Nation of Alberta for his work with Aboriginal communities. Don quarterbacked a government that accomplished much. When he left office in 1992, Don could look back on the many accomplishments during his time in office. A world-class heavy oil upgrader, a farm credit stability program and a similar program for Alberta's small businesses and the lowest energy costs for farmers anywhere. Creation of the Alberta Energy Company, a natural resources conservation board, strengthened agriculture and forestry sectors of the Alberta economy, construction of the Syncrude plant, the Alberta Oil Sands Technology and Research Authority, the Premier's Council on the Status of Persons with Disabilities, programs for seniors unmatched anywhere else in Canada, construction of the Old Man Dam, bringing the lifeblood of water to southern Alberta, historic Métis self-government, the start of construction of Grand McEwen College in the centre of Edmonton, a new cancer centre in Calgary, a $700 million school rebuilding program, Alberta's economy back on a more solid footing. He never lost the common touch. Two other qualities of Don's are reflected in these lines from If. If you can walk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. There was no trace of artifice or hubris in Don. He was never mean-spirited, never engaged in cheap shots, and never bad-mouthed his opponents. He had a genuine concern for people, and he always took the time to listen to those that came up to talk with him when he was out campaigning or on government business. He always found that extra minute or two in his schedule to listen. So we've heard from Don's family today, and we all know how important family was to Don. Nothing illustrates that better than his idea to create the Family Day Civic Holiday 
on the third Monday in February each year. In a speech to mark the first family day in 1990, Don said, we all grow on the strength of our families and our communities. Family Day is now celebrated in four other provinces. I would like to share with you now, in his own words, what Don said of his family on the evening he bade farewell as leader. No one will ever know all that they have meant and what they've contributed their unquestioning support and confidence in me. Like the party, families have high and low moments, disappointments, and then great joys. But I am a lucky person, and we are a lucky family. The highs and the joys far outnumber the lows, and we try to handle both of them in the same way. We share them as a family, and, begin, and being together keeps us strong. And his final words, that evening were about Margaret, when he said, our family turns and centers around Margaret. She is our base and our strength. In a very full lifetime together, we have shared and enjoyed a journey to the top, whether it has been athletics, business, or politics. In all that way, I've had beside me a lady with grace, style, strength, and beauty, who has helped make my life a wonderful experience. Don was a friend in the deepest possible meaning of the word. I know I speak for many others here today because he was a great and loyal friend for many of us. For me in my life, and I know for you as well, we shall not see his like again. We will miss him. Thank you. I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write from henceforth, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Even so saith the Spirit, for they rest from their labours. Please stand and join me in the singing of Psalm 23.
please be seated for the word of God. A reading from 1 Corinthians. If I speak in the tongue of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I am nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. And as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, and I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now, we see in a mirror, dimly, but then we shall see face to face. Now I only know in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these, is love. This is the word of the Lord.
Please be seated. Our second reading is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Today, as we reflect on all our scriptures, our prayers, and on the moving tributes that we have heard from colleagues, friends, and family, we celebrate the life of Don Getty. We commit him to God's care, and we ask for God's continued blessing on Margaret and on Don's whole family in the days ahead. And we think of how Don was a blessing to the people in his life, and we turn our thoughts to how we might be blessings in our turn. Blessings are at the heart of that second reading that Margaret chose today. The Beatitudes of Jesus that dare to speak of our call to happiness in the midst of sometimes a painful reality. And they're signs of beauty in life, and they're not platitudes. You will find yourself in the Beatitudes and in those readings today, and you'll find Don, and you'll find Margaret and the whole family. Blessed are the poor in spirit, to be aware of one's lowliness, not thinking of yourself as worthless, but bearing everything with a gentle patience, to be a gentle person. That sounds a lot like Don. It's the ability or desire to take reality given to us and accept it, and to think of others, even when we might not be in the best of health. Blessed are those who mourn, Comfort comes in the midst of our sorrow and our weeping because God is present with us and says to us, I have heard their cry. And comfort is not only promised, but made visible in the ministry and life of Christ. In his name and his promise, we offer comfort to one another. So today is the day when as family and friends, everyone says this man, Don Getty, was special to us. We are changed forever because we knew him, and we will miss his presence among us. The thing that defines our lives is how we live this life, and so we have paid tribute to him as we have looked back on a life well lived, and we celebrate that whole story today, all 82 years, many achievements and deep relationships, and we pray today for Don as he passes from this world but we remember that in the resurrection, God has said that death is not the final word on life. In the days ahead, Don's family and friends will continue to comfort one another and to honor Don by sharing memories and stories as they have done this morning. And I know that for Margaret, 60 years together gives a treasure trove of memories and stories. And for us, we honor Don by not grieving as those who have no hope, we remember that the love which all of you as family and friends share is a gift from God, and we give thanks to God that we are created with this capacity to love one another. 
So as we share in this service, we pray that nothing good in Don's life will be lost, that all that was important to him will continue to mean much to us, and that is the homework of a service like this one, to keep the faith and to keep doing the things that matter. So as you go from this place today, live and take joy in those things you valued about Don. What was important to him? Make it important for you. Keep the things that you loved about him alive in your lives. It will make him so happy to know that he taught you so well. And he leaves such a great legacy in you, his children and his grandchildren, in his family and in his friends. So we give thanks for his life here on earth and we offer our praises to God for his life in the world to come. And in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection, we look to that time when we shall be with him again. Amen. I invite you now to stand as you are able and to join me in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, Christ have, have mercy, mercy upon, upon us. us. Lord, have mercy upon us.
O Savior of the world, who by thy cross and precious blood has redeemed us. Save us and help us, we humbly beseech thee, O Lord. Graciously look upon our afflictions, O Lord. Pitifully behold the sorrows of our hearts. Make thy servants to be numbered with thy saints. In glory everlasting. Almighty God, with whom do live the spirits of them that depart hence in the Lord, and with whom the souls of the faithful are in joy and felicity, we praise and magnify thy holy name for all thy servants who have finished their course and kept the faith, and committing our brother Donald to thy gracious keeping, we pray that we with him and with all those that are departed in the true faith of thy holy name may have our perfect consummation and bliss, both in body and soul, in thy eternal and everlasting glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who hast opened unto us the gate of everlasting life, and art the peace and light of those who rest in thee, in company with thy holy apostles, prophets, and martyrs, and with all the faithful departed, we praise and glorify thee for the fullness of joy which thou givest to all who put their trust in thee. With the Father and the Holy Spirit, livest and reignest, one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies and giver of all comfort, deal graciously, we pray thee, with those who mourn, that casting every care on thee, they may know the consolation of thy love, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Give rest, O Christ, to thy servants with all saints, where sorrow and pain are no more, neither sighing, but life everlasting. Where thou, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. And we say together, give rest, rest o, o Christ, Christ to, your to your servants with, with your saints, saints where sorrow and pain are no more, neither sighing but life everlasting. You only are immortal, the creator and maker of all, and we are mortal, formed of the earth, and to earth shall we return. For so did you ordain when you created me, saying, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. All of us go down to the dust, yet even at the grave we make our song. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Give rest, O Christ, to your servants with your saints, where sorrow and pain are no more, neither sighing but life everlasting. Into your hands, O merciful Saviour, 
We commend your servant, Donald Ross Getty. Acknowledge, we pray, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive him into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. Amen. You've been watching live coverage of the state funeral for former Premier Don Getty. And Graham Thompson uh, from the Edmonton Journal has been with us during this live 
broadcast. And uh, Graham, we heard, uh, you know, so many emotional, heartfelt memories here, uh, kind words. We heard from the premier, her personal connection with Getty, and also from from his sons and, and his grandchildren. It's a great yeah. family, eh? Yeah, yeah, so close. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's very touching. <clears throat> it's interesting to see the man that the family saw, his children, grandchildren. Of course, I was covering him as a premier, and I, I didn't really see that side in terms of he was a gentle man in any every uh, sense of the word. Uh, but I talked to him in, in, pre, in, in the years after he was premier and stepped down from politics. And you can see he really was a gentle person mm -hmm. who was really trying to do what he best he could while he was premier. And I think that in recent years he was wondering about his legacy. Mm -hmm. Would it just be about the deficit? Would it be more? I think we're actually seeing the legacy come out now, where mm -hmm. it's more about what he tried to do, what he did as Premier and as Minister of Energy and uh, under and Lougheed. And as Premier, he was doing things like he really stood up for the Métis people mm -hmm. in Alberta. He gave them uh, money and land to be self-sufficient, uh, self-governing. He actually, um, he's really proud of McEwen University. You go back to the late 80s, things were in trouble in Alberta. We had a CN Rails downtown and Getty said, let's use that land. They put $100 million into it and they tore up the rails and they put it in the campus there. It's now McEwen University and he was really proud of that because it showed, he said, how you can actually, during even downtime, actually help a city reinvigorate the downtown. And he was such a private man, wasn't he? Because after he became premier, we, we didn't hear a lot about Don Getty. No, he stepped away from the, pri the, the public light. He actually was not in it. You could really tell he wasn't in it for himself. He really did have a sense this was public service. And issues like the constitutional reform, Meech, like even though it didn't, it didn't work, he was in it to try and get Quebec into the constitution. He was trying to do it uh, to help out the entire nation, not just all the time for Alberta. Well, thank you so much for being with us and, and for your pleasure. insight and your comments. Yep, so that really concludes our, our broadcast coverage. Stay tuned for your regular scheduled programming. We'll continue our conversation with Graham online at globalnews.ca. And just a programming note now, the Don Getty Funeral Service will be rebroadcast on Shaw Television several times over the weekend. And we leave you this afternoon now with this final look at the life and legacy of Don Getty. Hello. There's the political career, there's the sports career, there's the business career, but in all of that, um, and during all of that, he's just a great dad. I, Donald Ross Getty, do swear that I will be faithful. And I thought, you know, we gotta fight back. Fight back somehow. How about fight back by making the family, the important cell here. Well, I think my husband has served Albertans very well. I'm very proud of him and I'm proud of his government. He was really good. Uh, he was an exceptional uh, athlete. He was terrific in the dressing room. He was a kind of a born leader, if you like. Such is just be, he was a, a quality guy, a nice guy. He was just a really nice guy and a very, very good friend, Don Getty. He always did what he felt he had to do. He always put other people ahead of himself. Um, he was a kind man, fair, and honest. Um, 
He was a, a decent man, and I hope people remember that.